What would you do differently if you didn't have imposter syndrome? And what strategy would you use to help you work on it? That and more in this episode as we continue our conversation. Welcome to Upskill Talks, brought to you by McGraw-Hill. I'm your host, Michelle Shaw, lead upskiller at Upskill Community. Upskill Talks is a podcast for leaders. Leaders who are actively seeking innovative and creative ways to interact, lead themselves and others. In every episode, through real-life stories and enlightening conversations, we will explore the challenges and opportunities real leaders face in today's ever-changing workplace. We will present you with real strategies for you to leverage your soft skills and produce transformative results. Thank you for joining me on this journey. Let us begin. Peter, will you comment on the role of lack of clarity when it comes to fostering imposter syndrome? When you speak to the coining of this concept in the context of women entering the executive space, I'm sure part of what many women would have experienced going there is I don't know what I don't know. And therefore, I make up the story that this is what's expected of me. The silence is dictated by this ill-defined expectation. And so when I when I step to the mic, I speak my truth, mm-hmm. but I'm measuring that truth against this fallacy mm-hmm. that I have created Correct. as to what this expectation is. Mm-hmm. And there is no dialogue mm-hmm. because that to me is one of the, the challenges that I have. Again, I, I can only speak to the, the corporate environment that managers are promoted into positions of power without any kind of orientation mm-hmm. into, into what this thing might mean. Um, and therefore, you're bringing your fallacies with, with you. you. And managers who were probably high-performing members of the team in a particular area, but not necessarily skilled at managing people, but skilled at the work, exactly. the, the hard skills required to execute on the work. And so then if you're really good at doing the work, then I'll make you a manager, but I have not trained you in how to manage a team and it's yours to go and figure out. Exactly. Exactly. And you're not enabling the team Necessarily, because for many managers, the response when there's a crisis is, I'm going to put on the same role that I used to do, and I become one of the line as well, instead of really bringing in more thoughtful uh, approaches to say, okay, so how, how did this happen? How can we enable staff to perform better in, in what is real? Most recently, we were all tested in in the COVID environment where something came out of nowhere Mm -hmm. and we were expected now to perform unprepared for that. And here you are, a manager, making it up as you go along because now I have a remote environment and some of those fallacies are now thrust in front of you. How do you navigate that? I guess I'll also add that in terms of looking at kind of, a, you know, not bringing the fallacies into management and kind of adapting to that change in role, I feel like when I was mentioning the mentoring piece, like I felt what helped me to be able to mentor was being able to do it in sort of a more low stakes environment first before being put into an official environment, especially if you have imposter syndrome, being given a new title 
and then being given kind of specific responsibilities to go along with that title. Sometimes the pressure can be a bit much. It's nice to be able to kind of start mentoring, advising in sort of a more informal role first. Like you're kind of maybe going out of your way to try to help a peer or colleague, reaching out to someone who's newer, seeing if they need help with anything. Sometimes things you might take initiative to do. It might not be something in your job description per se, but it's just something that will honestly help you for later. That's how you build your confidence before you get to an official promotion or role that will actually come with more responsibilities along with all the other benefits of, of being higher up. I like how Kadeem keeps coming back to mentorship and mentoring, because I think your point is well taken because the hard skills of doing your work in any division are not the same set of skills that you need when you start to lead people, to manage people. That's a different skill set. And a lot of people have not had the opportunity to practice that. Mentoring, mentorship is an opportunity to develop people, to learn about people's needs, to move them from one point to another, to elevate, to enhance, to bring people up or push them up. And so mentorship is certainly a really good place to start when you get into those other positions of leadership, particularly if that's an aspiration of yours, start mentoring where you are, whether it's in a school, a community organization, inside your workplace, you have skills. These are important skills. Helping people to develop one skill or another is a big deal. And that's what leadership is asking for. So yes, Kadim, you are right with starting low stakes, starting before you're called upon or tapped to take on the responsibility. So one thing I want to ask is what's one thing you would have done differently had it not been for the imposter syndrome? That's something to think about. Wow. I can't start my list here. We don't have enough time in this podcast. <laughs> One thing. <laughs> we don't have enough time in this podcast <laughs> to go over what I would do differently if I didn't have imposter syndrome. Wow. I should ask perhaps where would you be had it not been for imposter syndrome? That's a good follow-up question. Tiffany, why don't we start with you? What's one thing you would have done completely differently had it not been for the imposter syndrome? So it's sort of two things that surround the same issue, and that is I would have started my master's degree way sooner. The time that I started to think about doing it, it was about six, almost seven years later that I actually decided to apply. So by the time I got in and started, I would have been finished it like three times over by that point. And then sort of along the same vein of school, I would not have spent as much time spinning around and spinning around on my papers, on my presentations, on the deliverables I had in my program, feeling like, okay, this is going to be the paper or this is going to be the presentation where they finally find out they should have never let me into this program. (laughs) So I would spend so much time trying to make it absolutely perfect to ensure that they didn't find out that I just slipped through the cracks and shouldn't have been here in the first place. So I would have learned to trust myself a lot more and I'm not a hundred percent there, but I'm definitely better now. So I would be much more efficient in my work if I, if I didn't have imposter syndrome. (laughs) (laughs) So the perfectionism actually reduces the efficiency. Definitely. Most definitely. (laughs) <laughs> Kareem, what about you? I think one of the uh, big areas for me, I believe, is trying to look for uh, freelance work in a sense. Like 
I've been able to kind of get some good opportunities via things outside of the nine to five. But for a while, I didn't feel like, I guess I felt like I literally felt like a fraud trying to sell service for something that I thought I wasn't that good in. It honestly took someone else, a former student of mine who I TA'd, who actually reached out to me to try to help him with some editing and writing for a magazine that he had started. And it really took that experience for me to realize that some people actually did, you know, value me and actually view me as a great mentor and, you know, being good at what I do. I think it was that experience, you know, say maybe six years ago now that actually made me think that I could possibly do this for a career and so forth. And actually helped me establish career clarity as well. Wow. That's a really big deal. So what, this is a big plug for mentoring. This is a big (laughs) plug for mentoring. Everybody go out now and find someone to start mentoring. You need to be mentoring because in addition to you talking about the writers that you mentor and how that helps you to develop those skills for leadership, here you're referring to, again, students that you're mentoring that turn around in a way to mentor you, to give you the courage, the clarity, and that vote of confidence to push you forward. So listen, Get out and get that mentoring going right now. It's a reciprocal relationship. Right. Um, and I will say too, don't be discouraged uh, as well if it doesn't always work out. So for me, for TA, I had 40 students. One of them ended up being one that actually saw real value in me, kept in touch. and But that one ended up paying big dividends. That is really good because you know what? <laughs> we have to start talking numbers. You know, data-driven decisions. That's what it's all about right now. We have to talk numbers. One of the numbers that's really mind-blowing for me is the percentage of people that support the leadership of a country, 51%, 52%, and they get to be the leader of everybody. And so you're teaching a class and it's one student or two students, but those are opportunities for transformative relationships. So you don't actually need everyone you mentor to support or to be there for you or to reciprocate. Over time, one can be that. One is enough. So I think that number is something we have to be mindful of because sometimes we are expecting, as you say, the fallacy that everyone you touch is going to touch you back. You know, one hand down, one hand up. But sometimes you're going to go through thousands of people helping out, but that one person comes back with just the right thing to propel you to the next level. So I think... We're talking about imposter syndrome and mentoring. Peter, what would you do differently? I think it's along the same vein as Tiffany and Kadeem. I think it's too innumerable to count, but it's the opportunities that you let slip because you evaluate that, okay, this is probably not the time. Uh, Maybe I'm not going to be able to make the impact that I could have if I were more the expert. So without the imposter syndrome, I think certainly my experience personally and professionally would have been much more varied than it is currently. Wow. Wow. And so the next question we're going to look at is what advice would you give someone who struggles with the imposter syndrome? I'm thinking one of the big ones for me is, you know, there's the quote, uh, comparisons, a thief of joy. And at times, it's actually sort of guided me away from my imposter syndrome, or at times, that belief gave me confidence that I can actually do more than I was doing, because I would look at, say, friends or former coworkers and so forth, where I knew their work ethic, and I thought that if they're doing it, I can as well. But there are other times, though, where you're looking at their success, and you feel maybe robbed or just feel like if they can do it, but I can't, I guess I'm a failure, and then that will definitely kill your motivation. 
but there's sometimes I realize looking at it, you talked about clear career clarity. That's a big thing that can definitely help people kind of figure out where they're going earlier in life. It could be an issue. Perhaps they just have more career clarity than you. If they're younger than you, if you feel like they don't work as hard and so forth, maybe they knew exactly what they needed to do. And they set a more straightforward path to getting there. And that can be one issue. Even, you know, it took me longer to get to where I am now, but it's partly because I was still figuring it out. For some people, they might just have more career clarity. They might have, you know, a network you don't know about. You don't know what other factors went into their success. And you don't necessarily need to feel discouraged um, by the fact that you don't have what they have or you're not on the same level as they are. Tiffany? Very similar to what Kitty mentioned. It's a concept that, Michelle, you've mentioned a number of times, and that is running your own race and not deriving your value from other people, seeking their validation. It's always great to have that feedback. It does help with your confidence, but it also has the opposite effect when the outcomes aren't positive. So it is looking at where you are, where you want to go, but not mapping that by comparing to other people in your circle or outside of it. Just really running your own race, paying attention to what you're doing, what the things are that you need to do to get to where you want to go. And then when you get there, I think that that helps you to feel a little bit more confident in the fact that you deserve to be there because you've been paying attention to your own journey. You've been investing in yourself. And when you arrive to the place that you want to go, then it's ever the more satisfying. Awesome. Awesome. Peter, your thoughts? In terms of reducing the imposter syndrome, don't be afraid to pay it forward. Don't be afraid to allow individuals that we encounter in our various power dynamics to be aware of the fact that yeah, I'm showing up and I come to this with this label, senior executive, but I'm I'm really occupying a space of learning as well. And be deliberate about that because what comes back to you in terms of supporting you in in your own development, you can't value that. As I came to have this conversation, the two things that were kind of working in my mind, the idea of a destination, which we must all have, we must all have goals. But the goal or the destination, if others' experiences are similar to mine, once I get there, then what? So it's always in the journey. Mm-hmm. The emphasis must always be in the journey. And to the points that Kadeem and Tiffany spoke to, it's the milestones along the journey. Mm-hmm. And you are author and finisher of what the milestones ought to be. So don't necessarily compare yourself with, with the world, but be clear on, on what the goal is, at least that particular goal. Be c- kind to yourself mm-hmm. along, the Absolutely. Journey, along the journey. Uh-huh. That's correct. And I'm hearing the same themes that sit with me when I think about how do we address imposter syndrome? I'm hearing career clarity, clear goals, whether that's career, business, skill development, social, whatever the goals are, make sure that you are clear about where you're going. I think it's also important not only for us to define what those goals are, but why those goals? How does it come to be that this is the goal you've chosen over all the other goals? Because I think when we are able to think why, it helps us to strengthen the focus on the goal. I think also the idea that you brought up again, Tiffany, run your own race. 
I am a strong believer in running your own race. Know what race you're running. That's first. There are sprints and there are long distance races. So you can't be preparing for a sprint and comparing yourself with someone running a long distance race and vice versa. One of the things that I find quite interesting when I watch track and field is watching long distance races where two people are running side by side, but they're not running the same lap. And that I think sometimes confuses people. Someone is right beside you and it appears that you're at the same point in your race, but you are not in the same lap. You're running beside each other, but you are ahead. And you're ahead if you're focusing on continuous learning. You're ahead if behind the scenes, you're working and reflecting on who you are, building your awareness of yourself, focusing on your goals, making sure that you have an action plan that bite-sizes these action steps, that you're taking them consistently every day, walking towards it, that you are patient, and that you believe in yourself and you believe in your goals, and that you are not going to relent that you are not running the same race with the person beside you just because they're beside you. You're not even in the same lap. Okay. And so that's one of the things that I always think about to help me build my confidence. I know that I'm working on myself very aggressively, consistently. And I know that most people are not dedicating that much time and effort to working on themselves. So I know when someone shows up beside me, perhaps at an event or at a conference or so on, we may not be in the same lab. And that's one thing that helps with my confidence. I encourage you to work hard on believing in yourself, work hard on identifying your strengths, work hard on sharing your knowledge, sharing your skills. When you share or teach or mentor, you are moving yourself to a higher and higher level. When you are out there hiding your trade secrets, hiding what you know, it needs to come out to scrutiny. It needs to come out to get a different insight. There are holes in what we think. There are holes in our knowledge. If you put it out there, other people will poke holes at it to see if it's what you think it is. And through that process, we're learning. Someone may have a completely different perspective on it. So we need to be sharing what you know, whether it's a skill, an approach, a perspective, knowledge, share it, help someone else. And I like this idea of paying it forward, supporting someone else, supporting, mentoring, sponsoring. These are things that we can do to support others, but also it supports us. And it helps to bust imposter syndrome. Thank you for listening to this episode of Upskill Talks, brought to you by McGraw-Hill. We bring you new episodes every Monday. Please take a moment to subscribe, leave a five-star rating, and a written review at Apple Podcast. Or follow us on Spotify, Google Podcast, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Don't forget to share Upskill Talks with other leaders like yourself so they too may gain the skills and insights to produce amazing results. Please go to upskillcommunity.com to review show notes and learn how you can join a community of leaders from across the globe collaborating to lead in a more meaningful and impactful way. I'm your host, Michelle Shaw. And again, Thank you for joining me on this episode of Upskill Talks.